Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. It's <laughs> a plan. It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced people, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what you need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. And we're back with another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the Intrepid Trio, Kylan, Eric, myself, Mike. What's up? Oh, man, it's been a week. Yeah. Or, yeah. or we could paraphrase what we were listening to prior to the show. Howdy. Hello. <laughs> How you doing? Is there anybody out there? We'll be your entertainment for the night. <laughs> it's called YouTube and doing really weird covers of famous songs. Yes. You really love it. <laughs> You're going to love it. It's got my cousin from New Jersey. <laughs> He so. played for Sinatra once, and he loved it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, it's going to be kind of a busy night. Uh, I think Colin's going to start us off with a little Luke Cage recap of Season 2, and then we're going to uh, some Spider-Man news, uh, maybe talk about that small little story of Disney of Fox. And throw Who in wants to hear about that? Uh, um, wait, we are a Marvel show, so maybe us. Oh, oh well, then go right ahead. Then. So I'm going to turn it over to Kyle and let him start us off. All right. Well, you know, as you know, uh, and we mentioned at the end of the show last week, uh, last weekend was the premiere of Luke Cage season two on uh, Netflix. And uh, it picks up, uh, I'll, I'll say, sometime after, not too long after the event in The Defenders. And so I will tell you, uh, Luke, you know, by the time we meet Luke, he's it seems to be pretty secure in his role as the hero of Harlem, as it were. Uh, we don't have we don't have full on hero for hire yet at this point uh, as at the beginning of the show. But uh, those of you who are familiar with the comic uh, source, uh, you get to see some really awesome nods to uh, classic uh, Luke Cage characters uh, such as uh, DW, who in the uh, series Luke Cage Hero for Hire uh, was the guy that ran the movie theater that Luke's office was uh, op- was at the was above in um, Times Square. Well, in this version, uh, DW is 
not exactly a film student, but sort of like Luke's uh, videographer. Okay. And he's a shrewd businessman, so he's now selling uh, Luke Cage and Power Man t-shirts. And I will be honest with you. If at least one or two of these shirts actually ma- are made available for sale, I would definitely get one. Um, have you checked our some, Have you checked our affiliate superhero stuff? You know what? I didn't think of that, but um, especially after the series, uh, but I would definitely go there and look because there was some really cool, some really uh, sweet. I actually, <laughs> there was a sweet Christmas hoodie that he had. It was amazing. Um, <laughs> it was awesome. But uh, yeah, so uh, the the series. It, is definitely I felt like it was tighter. I mean, it's another thirteen episode series. Um, the writing feels tighter. You instead of having two or three uh, different storylines that eventually kind of converge, you definitely you more or less have one overarching storyline, and there's li- there are a couple of subplots, but mainly everything is kind of tied into the one main story. Uh, and so there was, I don't know, like there was no filler. You know how with some of the Netflix series, as much as I enjoy them, you're guaranteed to get maybe one episode that feels like a filler episode. Right. That wasn't the case. That wasn't the case here at all. Um, and so, you know, they're, they and they don't hand everything to you. Like there's some things that you definitely would have needed to have watched the first series or at least be familiar with the events from the first series uh, and to a certain degree some of the events in the Defenders to kind of get a clue as to what's going on or what's being referenced in Luke Cage now. Uh, and so you get uh, – I, I will tell you because well, this stuff isn't necessarily hidden anywhere. You finally get Misty with her bionic arm, and that is amazing. You get the Daughters of the Dragon fighting together, which was an awesome comic book moment. And you finally get – like e- even though there was the scene in the, in the Defenders where Luke and Danny are fighting together, there's one scene – I believe it's in episode 10 that is quintessential. Actually, that entire episode is quintessential Power Man and Iron Fist. You really, you, uh, it's worth the wait. I, I won't, I wouldn't suggest that you skip to get to it. The buildup is worth the wait. Uh, but having said that, um, the villain was a different kind of villain, a villain almost in the same sense that. Uh, Killmonger was the villain in uh, Black Panther, sort of in that vein. Uh, but he's in this case, he has a villain. He's a villain with his own code, and he's kind of sympathetic. Like you kind of can get where he's coming from, right? Uh, and so there's that. And of course, Mariah is back with shades. Um, and there, there are some interesting developments there with those two characters as well. Um, the music is still a huge part, but it's a little bit different this time. Whereas the music before was a, was really, very um, R and B heavy. Uh, you have some elements of R and B 
but you get a lot of blues and a lot of nice. reggae. Yeah, awesome. yeah. There's there's blues and there's reggae in this time, and it's weird. Like the 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 music is still a character, but it seems to be more background than in your face. You know, okay. um, I and I, I would say that it, it's probably to a certain degree more intense than what you get with season one. Uh, but that's only because of the nature of the story and what is going on. Um, but yeah, I would say do yourself a favor. Um, definitely don't miss this one. Uh, it's it, you don't have uh, if you felt like that you struggled with uh, season one, you definitely won't feel that with season two. There's no uh, they there's what new characters there are. Uh, there's not a lot of um, a, lo- a lot of setup with them. There, you know, you more or less get the you get the introduction. And you kind of get their backstory through the dialogue. Okay. So there's not a lot of exposition. So um, yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed it, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing what the next. What I'm thinking, what's our third series? That's going to be. Season three of Daredevil, I believe that's what's next. Uh, and based on the quality that we got with Luke Cage, um, I that just kind of makes me, I guess, to a certain degree, set the bar higher for Daredevil. Uh, and then based on what I saw of Danny in um, Luke Cage, those of you that had reservations after season one, you will not be disappointed with season two of Iron Fist. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, the, with season, t- uh, with episode 10, it is such a Power Man and Iron Fist episode. Like, if you want to know what a Heroes for Hire uh, series would look like, that's the one to see. I still think that's going to be season three. Is there? They're, I hope they're so. just going to forego season three for Cage and and Fist and go straight to Heroes for Hire. I I hope so, but I, I will say the way season two ended, uh, there there there's some there will be some raised eyebrows. And those of you who are shrewd enough uh, or deep enough with your uh, with your comic knowledge will kind of see the uh, there's a fairly recent Marvel event that I, in my opinion, is being referenced in uh, the season finale of Luke Cage. And I think it'll be interesting to see how they resolve this through through Daredevil and Iron Fist, if that's if that is what happens. So, yeah, that's what I got. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, one other thing. Oh, yeah. There's one other thing. There's a mention in, uh, and I forget which episode it is of Luke Cage, that ties it directly to Cloak and Dagger. Really? It, yeah. There, there's, there's a mention. It's like in a conversation and sort of like a throwaway line, but it, it is a mention of uh, the, the way. You, you, if you're really pay att- paying attention, if you've been watching Cloak and Dagger, you will get the reference. And it is a direct tie to Cloak and Dagger, which um, Cloak and Dagger, of course, uh, there's uh, with the strong ties to Roxxon, ties it directly to the MCU. So, yeah, it, it, that that uh, the whole thing with Agent Coulson talking about is all connected. They, they, they walk the walk. 
they walk the walk, they talk the talk in this show. Well, somebody needs to definitely. It's, it's about time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, there, there's no. Uh, you know, all of us have been kind of frustrated because there's sort of like been a uh, slight mention here, slight mention there, but you know, it's. No, that's. I think maybe it started with um, the end of Agents of Shield doing such a direct tie to uh, Infinity War. Right. Uh, maybe maybe uh, Marvel Television is like, you know what? If we're all one, let's just uh, you know, it's, time is out for the little no the the vague mentioning mentions of whatever reference. Let's just go whole hog because that really feels like what's going on now. I can see that. So, yeah. Well, not to have that overshadowed, but Disney Marvel kind of did overshadow that a little bit. Um, apparently, a U.S. or uh, the U.S. Justice Department has given the approval for the Walt Disney Company to buy the key assets of 21st Century Fox with the agreement that calls for the diversement of 22 regional sports networks. Yeah. That's not surprising. Um, personally, I would rather have had Walt Disney Company come out and said, uh, we kind of want to hold on to those networks and we're going to sell off ESPN because hey, ESPN ESPN is hurting. Yes, it is. Yeah. That, yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, you're right. That, that's all there is to it. Um, this concession was long expected as, you know, like I said, Disney owns ESPN, but the Justice Department filed a complaint this morning, um, from Disney from acquiring those properties. Uh, the, the settlement was promptly reached, giving Disney 90 days from the closing to sell off the regional sports networks. Which I'm sure they're not going to have any trouble doing. No, no. Worst, worst case scenario, again, like we talked about last week. Sell it to Comcast. Comcast, doors open. But I don't think Comcast can either because of them owning NBC Sports. No, that's universal. Yeah. Wait, wait. We'll have to see. They, don't they own part of Universal? Comcast is uh, owns NBC see. and Universal. So yes. So in other words, no, they can't. They can't buy the networks either. Maybe some of them, but I don't think they can buy all of them. Um, so the the message with this is uh, the American consumers have benefited from head to head competition between Disney and Fox's cable sports. Um, and that ultimately has prevented cable television subscription prizes from rising higher. Uh, today's settlement will ensure sports programming competition is preserved in local markets where Disney and Fox compete for cable and satellite distribution. Well, realistically, ESPN doesn't have that. They don't have any regional networks. Oh, no, I guess they do because the SEC network is owned SEC, by ES- The SEC is owned by ESPN, yes. Um, Big Ten's own owned by Fox. Big 12 is owned by them. Yeah. Uh, they're the only ones who own their own network. The Texas Longhorns network Eric. with a bunch of fingers on. Yeah. Um, so this clears a major hurdle for the for the Disney and Fox um, merger, but they still must maneuver antitrust laws around the globe before it can be finalized. And there is still the issue of the shareholder vote that is scheduled for July the 10th, if I'm mistaken. You are correct. Now, Disney 
increased its offer last week to $71.3 billion in an attempt to fend off uh, the $64, $64 billion bid uh, yeah. by Comcast. I mean, if it was $64, hey, yeah. I, I've got the 100 si- bucks in, in my bank account. You guys want to chip in and buy a Fox? Oh, well. <laughs> All right. Sure. Um, you consider the debt that Disney's also taking on. What, like 13-something yeah. billion? The whole of that buyout deal is now $85 billion. Yeah, yeah. So and It just that boggles my mind. It really does. So at mm-hmm. stake are the, the FX networks, which is FX, FXX, FXM, National Geographic, which will work great with Disney Earth. Uh-huh. Could you imagine right. now that owning National Geographic putting those teams on with Disney for the Disney Earth movies? No, I got something better for you. National Geographic, Disney's Animal Kingdom, tying those two in together. Yeah. New weekly series on National Geographic yep. from Animal Kingdom. Hey, see, I thought this was higher, but I guess not. A 30% stake in Hulu. Yeah. yeah. A, a 31.9% stake in Sky, the UK pay TV broadband provider. And 20th Century Fox, which includes the film and television studios, which has the movie rights for the X-Men, Fantastic Four. Deadpool, Avatar, Aliens, the Alien franchise. Oh, gives Disney control of the distribution rights of that small little independent film called Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so it's kind of like, all right, in previous issues of this show, you have obsessed over your collection of action figure variant covers. Yeah. This is exactly what Disney is doing just on a much, much larger scale. Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, it's kind of like they're trying to complete their collection, particularly of Marvel. True. Now, how about how about this one for you guys? How would you like to see in the parks? Because it could very well happen. And yes, I'm stretching this out so I can find it. Mm-hmm. Oh, right next to Pixar Land. Welcome. No! You didn't catch it. No! The Simpsons. Okay, I got one for you. Bart Simpson teams up with Stitch. Oh, my God. The universe universe would blow up. Homer Simpson and Bob Parr. Okay, I'm just I'm just throwing those out there. I know I can see your skin cells. Wrong show. Me, but I no. don't know that I would want to see the Simpsons in there. True, but keep keep them but, at Universal. You know, but where you start collecting more dividends or more uh, more licensing money from Universal? You know what? Uh, there is a part of me that giggles whenever somebody brings up the subject of Universal having to pay a Disney-owned company for the rights to use stuff in their parks. Yeah. Right. But um I don't know why, but I thought that the network was separate from I thought they were just more concerned with the studio, but they're actually going to get the network too. Not not the, parts of it. Not the actual network box. Okay. Where you okay. find Simpsons and that DC show, um well, what's it called? Um The one that's named after a city? Yeah, I just can't remember the city. I, I think it it has to deal with Darkwing Duck. Yeah, that's it. No. No, <laughs> yeah. no that's not that's not it. No, no, Moon Knight. No, that's not, no. The one that deals no, with Moon Knight. No, that that's not it either. Moon Knight's in New York. The, the, this one is like a made up city. Uh what is it? 
Uh, I can't tell what his name is, but I'm sure I'm not sure what it is. Did Michael Keaton play that guy once? I think so. I think he okay. did, and and uh, so did George Clooney. Uh, and let's not forget my favorite, Val Kilmer. You know, not my favorite, but I, I like Keaton the best. Keaton, yes, yes. But you know, Adam West played that character yeah. too. Yes, yes, he did. Adam West and Michael Keaton are my two favorites on this. But we're totally going to ignore the other guy as much as, much as we I, can. I did, I did like that story though. And I'm not talking uh, Ben Affleck. Affleck, Martha. Did, Why'd you say that I name? Did, oh my God, dude, Martha! <laughs> really? It's almost like Brady Bunch. Martha, Martha, Martha. Uh, you know, at least that's one thing Marvel can say. We never had our heroes stop fighting because their mothers had the same name. True. That's never happened in a Marvel comic. I'm 99% sure. That's true. <laughs> anyway, um, anyway, so that's what I've got. Okay. Major hurdle, so, major hurdle has been crossed. Now we got to go global, which I don't see that being that big of an issue globally. I, I don't either. I don't either. At this point, it's going to take something like completely inconceivable that's not on anybody's radar to derail this. I don't think you know what that word means. Uh, yeah, well, you'll keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> but I do believe it would be safe to go ahead and start doing some fan casting. And we discussed this before we started recording the, the show, and I just pitched this idea out to the guys here. And what I'm asking for is I'm going to give a character that's that's currently owned by Fox okay. that is not in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But I want you guys, I'm just going to throw this name out here. I just give me your top of the mind, the first name that comes to mind to play this character. Okay. All right. This is totally unrehearsed. Straight up. Scout's honor. Mm -hmm. Okay. Number one, Human Torch. Channing Tatum. Okay, no. Man, <laughs> Man y'all cannot see the dirty look <laughs> that Mike just got. Oh, wow, dude. So, okay, realistically, Human Torch? Oh. Now, bear in mind, the MCU has recycled Human Torches twice already. Right. Well, not the MCU. Fox has. No, no. Think about this. The last two actors to play Johnny Storm yeah. have wound up playing characters in the MCU. That is true. That is true. Um, I would still give it to Marlon, Marlon Wayans. Interesting. Oh, uh, gosh. What's the dude's name? Uh, the one that was in... Uh... Oh gosh, he was in high school high school musical. Zach Efron. Zach Efron, yeah. Okay, okay. All right. Reed Richards. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Let's pull him over from from DC and let him be a true superhero in a real superhero movie. Uh, Cavill or Cavall? Is it? Can't think of his third first name. Is it Harry, Henry? Harry? Harry Cavill? Superman? Oh, Cav oh Henry Henry, Ca Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. Okay. Oh, okay. Kylan? He, he's just got that jawline that fits. He does. He does. He does. That's a good answer. I like that. I'm trying to think who. See, like, thing is, when I think about Reed, I think about somebody that just exudes intelligence. Like, you see him, and it's just like, you, you know, that you you look at him, you you just this guy is smart. Let, let me see if I go outside the box into your box enough. Someone like uh, Quentin, Ter uh, Zachary Quinto. Quinto. 
Zach Eaton. You know, the, ooh, um, ooh, you know, yeah. You know what? Yeah. I mean, look, Zach... look at what he did in Heroes. Look what he's done to Spock. That that fits your that fits your requirements. Yeah. Yeah, because like I I'd never pick picture Reed as necessarily dashing. Like he's he's in his head a lot. You know, but at the same time, especially once he gets the, the abilities, he has no problem jumping into the fray. But he's in his head the majority of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, Zachary Quinto. Yeah, I like that. That that's it to a T. Yeah. I'm going to be honest, and I'm not going to jump in with my thoughts on on each one of these guys, but I would love to see Nathan Fillion as Reed, Ooh, as Reed Richards. He's a little older. He could he could pull off that. He could. The the thing about Reed, not just is he's the smartest man in the room, he's also the most confident. Yeah, that's true. That that's true. And Nathan can pull off that confidence. Yeah, yeah. You're thinking a guy who stares down Galactus. That you takes major. This that takes major moxie. That takes major cojones. Yeah, and I can picture Reed sometimes being surprised that some of his stuff actually works. Like sometimes he 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 he's so confident, you know, that I think some of that confidence actually comes up as BS. <laughs> You know, yeah, but so yeah, I mean, that I, I like y'all's choices though, I really do. Okay, so <laughs> Cyclops, uh, how would now let me uh, are we talking about uh, like a, a teenage Cyclops or, or somebody's adult? been around a little bit? Yeah, your call, either one. Because there, there are several Cyclopses running around right now. Right. I mean, you've got the older one, and then you've got the time-traveling, displaced teenager version. and Cyclops? Kevin Pearson. Or uh, Justin Hartley. Sorry. That's the character he plays on This Is Us. Justin Hartley. Okay. Cyclops? I'm thinking I... Okay, I, I I don't know the guy's name, but I have to look it up. Do you guys ever watch SWAT? Yes, it's, not really. No, I, on occasion, the, on occasion. It's the guy who plays Street. Um, couldn't tell you. I'm pulling them up right now. The the thing is, like, let me see SWAT. Um, uh, the character. Why y'all keep giving me the one from the seventies? Alex Russell. Alex Russell. Um, yeah, I like. I can see because Alex Russell sort of has this. Well, the like the way he plays Jim Street and SWAT. Like he's he's eager, but he's hard headed. You know, and yeah. and I kind of feel like young Scott. That that's him. Like you know, especially being a leader, he he might go a little overboard. And 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 goes a little, he goes a little too far trying to prove himself, um, right. and I can that that's almost like the way I see Scott, because I don't care for Scott when he gets older because he's like a little Boy Scout, Bobby Do Good, and I just I can't relate to that. So okay, I, yeah, okay then. Um, how about saying Nightcrawler, Lou Ferrigno Jr. Yes, Lou Ferrigno Jr. is perfect because I honestly I can't think of anybody else that would have that type of presence. Yeah, no, nope. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, man, he's got, you, build. He's got the build. Yeah, Lou, Lou Ferrigno Jr. You know, and you can see him be you can see him being very spiritual, but yeah, but he can be actiony. <laughs> Which you know, or more swashbuckling, because I kind of always picture yeah. Kurt as being. Snow. Oh yes, he's kind of like Errol Flynn's lost soul child, or something. Yes. All right. Um, how about Bishop? I knew you were gonna. I knew you were gonna suggest that. Uh, you know what? 
And actually, I, I don't even think that the hair would even matter in this case. I'd say, um... Kofi Kingston. <laughs> really? Yes. Um, Kofi Kingston. Um, let me think. Hold on, because the guy I have in mind, I got to look him up real quick. Um, I would say, uh, hold on. Where are you? I, you know... I keep trying to come. Oh, Terry Crews. That's it. Terry oh, Crews. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Like you know, like you know, even if they need to put a wig on him, but yeah, I'll say Terry Crews. Okay. There's part of me that would actually like to see Shamar Moore try it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I, I, he, he can do action. You know, he he does and he's action got that, well. He's got that intense look. He can pull that off pretty well. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, Gene uh, Gray. Oh, Jean Grey. You had to go there. Uh, you knew it sooner or later. Yeah. Um, it's the race to find the, the name. I have her pictured, but I can't, can't think of her name. Give me a second. I will have it. Dina Meyer. <coughs> so you're going there. I'm going there. Okay. Especially, okay. especially going with uh, Heatley as Cyclops. Okay. Okay. I could, I could uh, so totally. Um... I, I'm just gonna say this. You know, when you see see that face, that's Jean Grey to me. Yeah, yeah. Dina, huh? Yep. I man, you know what? I, the thing is, I really can't. I, I'll admit, the one that keeps coming to my head is Christina Hendricks, and I'm like, no, nah, we they can't cast her. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Okay, then let's let's try another. Let, let's try one more X Men Storm. Mmm. I know it would be hard to top Halle Berry's look. Yeah. Uh, let me think. Let me think. The one I Man, want, the one I would want to use is already she's in Black Panther. The, the one who plays Sherry? Oh no, you're talking about the uh, deny uh the one from The Walking Dead. No, I'm thinking Sherry. L- Lipto or Lipto. Uh yeah, she's man. taken. <laughs> Though she'd make a good one. Um, man, that's a. T- this one's a tough one. Yeah. Um, how about you know what? How about Jan- uh, Janelle Monet? Okay. She she has a certain she does have like a certain presence about her. Uh, you yeah. don't see you don't see her in a lot of stuff, but I like I don't know she she's she has like a dynamic screen presence and Not that's a, really and really as long as she can pull that off. Mm-hmm. Much storm. I mean, storm does. All right. Aside from the Mohawk, no powers. I'm a child of the streets version of Storm. Yes. She's not. She's not all that actiony. No. No. It's kind of like let me stand back, let me hurl lightning bolts, let me conjure up hurricane force winds, that sort of thing. Well, how, how old are we talking? Actually, no, can't do that. You're you're not gonna. You're, I'm calling it right now. You're not bringing Tina Turner into this. No, that's not who I was gonna bring in. But but she would be. But she would rock. <laughs> she would well, rock. You, I actually uh, because your question because your question I went to look up to see if there was a list. Somebody did create a, a list of five actresses that they thought would fit, and uh-huh. uh, one that's on this list, and I totally agree, is Nicole Bahari. Uh, she was the uh, the co lead from um, Sleepy Hollow. She played like the sheriff's deputy um, okay. who ends up, I think, I think she wants to work with the FBI. I don't know if she ends up actually working for him at some point, but she she has a really she she has like this intense stage presence. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I, but I like that. Um, now there is one, there is one actress that we're forgetting who has a lot of screen time, and she almost has a regal quality about her, and okay. that's Naomi, Naomi Harris. Mm. Now that's you, that's you, not paid. You almost went in direction I, that scared me. I was going to say Naomi Campbell. No, 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 no. But no. If, we, if we go older, Grace Jones. No, no. Storm has never looked that harsh to me. Right, yeah. There is nothing soft-edged about Grace Jones. No. Naomi Harris, I am, I am digging that idea. Yeah, yeah. I was, I don't know. I just thought, like, I, I saw, and I was like, that she would be. I mean, because she had, like, even if you just look at her, yeah, the white hair would fit her. She has like this almost regal presence about her. Yeah. Um, and like you know, uh, as Money Penny, like she, she does, like she, she can have a, like she does witty humor as well. That kind of humanizes her, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, moving on. Well, how, I'm sorry. How, how about this coming from uh, Walking Dead fame, Sonequa Martin Green? Oh, was she the one that? Oh, uh, God. Sasha. Got, yes. You know what, Sasha is. Yeah, yeah. She could do it too. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's do one more X Men and. Uh, I really didn't want to touch on this one, but I, you know, you might as well. Wolverine. Oh, no, I, I was, I've been trying to think. I said, just in case you asked that one, who would I go with? Oh, man. Wolverine. Older and grown. Uh, uh, man. Wolverine. Uh. You know, I'm trying to think of the fact that DeGray Scott was uh, in the running for him before. I, I think actually even before we got um, Clancy Brown. Clan- oh, Clan- no, Clancy Brown would be Sabretooth. Yeah. Then Ron Perlman. Possibly. I bet like he's too big for Wolverine. Like, I don't know. I kind of like Wolverine being kind of like a. Back when this was first being thrown around, back when when word first came out that they were casting somebody to play Wolverine, a friend of mine in college said suggested one name, and at the time it sounded right about perfect, Glenn Danzig. Yeah, you know I've heard yeah. that, but I don't know. I don't know. He's short. He is very stocky. He has the physique. I don't know that he has the acting chops though. I got and plus, it for you. And plus, he's sixty three now. Well, I got one. Okay, actually, I got two. All right. First, uh, the first Tom Hardy. Yeah, but he's already over in Venom. True. Well, then we can go with number two, Kit Harrington. Ooh, who is no John Snow. Uh, from a Game of Thrones. You think he can pull off the Pharaoh? I think he could. I, I, there's something. There's something sexy in that choice. I like that. Uh, the only thing I can see, I've got two. First one's Jason Statham. Okay, could see that. Yeah. Second yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, give me a second. I'm trying to find his name. Uh, second one. Florian Mantinu. He's mm. the he's the guy who's playing Victor Drago in Creed Two. Oh, okay, uh, okay, okay. All right. How many more? How many more you want to do on this, Mike? Uh, okay. Okay, last one then. Ben Grimm, Carl Urban. Okay, could see that. And you uh, can get away with the one character in the in, in the MCU on this one because he's mainly going to be a voice actor. Right. Oh, you had to do this to me. 
Yeah, I pretty much did. Primarily a voice actor, but potentially in the suit. Uh, he'd be mainly motion capture, kind of like Hulk. Sean Bean. Mm. He may take that just so he doesn't die at the end. There is that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's part of me that would love to see Tim Allen do this. Huh? Because but he is a very, Ben Grimm is a very blue collar type of guy. Right. Right. And that's pretty much the the type that he's played. Right. So. Well, the the only other person I, could, I would think of would be Askel Henny. He he too was also in The Martian. Uh, let me. The listeners can't see this, but show you guys through share screen. It's him right yeah, here. Yeah, I could do it. I could see him do it. Hold on, looking now. I, th- I think he could pull it off. Yeah, yeah, that could work. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, one one final one final. I know I know I said the last one, the final, but we got to do this one. Doctor Doom. William Kircher. Hmm? William Kircher. Okay. Man. Oh, Dr. Doom. Uh, you know what? I would say, mm, man. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I thought I had an easy answer on that one. Now just... They can't all be as easy as Kircher. No, no. What, are you saying that was too oh. easy? No, I'm saying you had it in your head way too easily. Well, I also have him in my head for either Dracula or Morbius as well. Because if you listen to him on Weeby Geeks this week, he pulls off an awesome Transylvanian accent. Uh, but I, I can I can see him as Victor Doom. Okay. Hold on, I think I okay. Wait, where are you, Richard Armitage? I'm trying to think what you would know him from. He's mainly a British actor, but he's been name sounds familiar. Yeah, Richard Armitage. Yeah, yeah I've I've heard the name. Uh, I'm trying to think. Trying to think. He's not that old. No. Yeah. He was in The Hobbit. He's Thorin. Thorin. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I could see that. He was right there next with uh, William Kircher. Okay, here's a thought. I'm just going to throw this out there. What about Vigo Mortensen? No. You don't think so? No. Not not for not for Doom. Well, just remember, Doom does not consider himself a villain. Yeah. That's true. He just not to me not right for Doom. Okay. If anything um oh, huh. I I would almost put him Mortensen. Oh, now I'm going through Marvel villains. <laughs> <laughs> While you're doing that, I'm just going to point out that um, Richard Armitage is already in the MCU. Oh, really? Yeah. He was Heinz Kruger in the first Captain America movie. Oh, that's oh. right. He was, the spy, he was the Nazi spy that shot um, shot the doc. Right. Uh, and I can't remember the doctor's name. Erskine. Erskine. Yes, Dr. Erskine. He's the one that shot Dr. Erskine, stole the formula, and uh, tried to get away in the submarine. I, I see Viggo Mortensen as Norman Osborn, Green Goblin. Ooh, 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 I like that. Mm-hmm. So that looks pretty good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, also looking pretty good, but maybe looking like an oops. Uh, Kylan, I think you've got a quick story for us about I Mr. Do. Tom Holland. Yeah. Uh, so Tom, um, Tom Spider-Man Holland was at uh, Ace Comic-Con, and it seems that he spilt the beans about the um the title of the sequel to Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, he says that according to the front page of the script, the title will be Spider-Man Far From Home. Interesting. Uh, you know the thing is, so I keep thinking about Blue Harvest. 
Yep, that's what hit my head. You know, and like you know, there's a we don't really okay. We and we know that Spidey is okay. He is far away from home. Um, well, really, as we speak right now, Sp- Spidey is isn't anywhere. So, you know, I, I, I take this with a grain of salt. Uh, we're talking about a company that won't even give us what the title is of the next Avengers movie. Uh, so why would they actually print what the title of the movie is on the front page of the script? I don't know. I just don't I just don't believe that. But, you know, I could be wrong. Okay, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna just throw this out. I was just looking this up, and I apologize if I'm if I'm stepping over here. Okay, I know. Uh, working titles. There's a mental floss article out there on the on the web. Just gives some of the working titles for some of the more some popular movies. Of course, when you mentioned Return of the Jedi being Blue Harvest, mm-hmm. uh, let's see. Solo Titanic. Star- well, I was gonna say solo Star Wars movie was called Wreck Up. No, uh, no joke. Titanic's <laughs> Titanic's working title was Planet Ice. Uh, the Dark Knight's working title was Rory's First Kiss. Uh, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. His working title was Incident on Fifty Seventh Street. Okay. Uh, my my favorite title so far is uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey was under the working title How the Solar System Was Won. <laughs> Alien, not so surprising, was Star Beast. Uh, how I do, how this this kind of makes me wonder what what were you thinking, people? Uh, seven. The working title was The Seven Deadly Sins. Okay. Uh, Back to the Future Part Two was Paradox. Uh, Pulp Fiction was Black Mask. Uh, Casablanca's was Everybody Comes to Ricks. And the Avengers, the Avengers, its working title was Group Hug. <laughs> well, that one's cool. So there you go. It, it, it could be a working title. Yeah. And even if it's not, there is still plenty of time for them to change the name now that now that Tom Holland has said something. So maybe maybe it'll come out Spider-Man Field Trip. <laughs> True. Well, um, I guess quickly, uh, and I apologize, Eric, for taking this from from you. Um, th- this will guide us into picks of the week. I'm not happy about this, but apparently Jared Leto to star in Sony Spider-Man spinoff Morbius with Daniel Espinosa to direct. Uh, okay. I, I'm just not happy about that. I, and I think part of it is I did not like his, uh, his Joker. And I'm afraid he, he would go too far with the extreme as Morbius. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the thing is, like, when I first heard about this, I was just like, yeah, I, I, I was excited that we're getting Morbius. No, because I think that, number one, I think that'd be a great way to introduce Blade if you wanted to keep Blade in the MCU. But on the flip on the flip side of that, um, I don't know. I, I, th- I think I think there's better choices out there than Jared Leto. But that's just me. Yeah. Yeah. See, this is where I would I see Morbius as being slightly older. And this is where I would put William Kircher. I can go and see. I can go with that. You know, I can. I I don't know. Um, I think that I, I, I don't know. I feel like, you know, maybe I almost feel like that they're trying to go with the feeling with Morbius that they did with. Uh, gosh, what the, the bad guy that was in the first blade. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
you know, and I kind of feel like Morbius is a little bit more. Yeah, it, should, Morbius like is Morbius, totally different. Yeah, he's different, you know, whereas, the, I mean, um, I can't think of the character's name now, but uh, he was definitely, you know, the, he was the kind of, he, he embraced being a vampire and he did kind of feel like, you know, he believed that, you know, humans should be, I guess, the the cattle of the of vampires, whereas Morbius is, you know, different in right. that way. So Changing the casting of... Morbius from Jared Leto to this is my turn to do a little fan casting. See, this is where I think William Kircher should be. Honestly. Yeah. Okay. I even though I know he's already in a Marvel property, but uh Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Well, considering that whole thing is gonna be re- rebooted. Yep. Potentially, then why not bring him back in a different role? Problem is, this is all Sony, not Fox. Right. So that's. I I got to be honest with you. I share your. I have a bad feeling about this vibe on this, mainly, but just because I don't like Jared Leto. Yeah. I think he was a subpar Joker. Yep. And he's getting his own movie now, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like. And this is where I get. I have a really bad feeling about this. Is they're doing a second Joker movie that's completely different. So there's going to be two different Joker movies out roughly the same time. Can we say confusion? Yeah. Now DC stands for direct confusion. <laughs> now, I, th- there's a Hollywood Reporter article where we're pulling this from, and they have a picture of Jared Leto. His hair is really long and, and kind of shaggy, and he's got a really shaggy beard. If you shave off the beard, he might could pull the look. Yeah. Right. But I'm sorry. I'm just not a Jared Leto fan. Deacon Frost. That was the guy's name. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. I say I worried that I, I worried that Leto would try to give a Deacon Frost vibe to Mor- Morbius, and that should not be the case. See, I would almost rather have that actor playing Morbius. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's there's actually somebody that I would kind of like to see. Um, the one of the guys who plays in Supernatural. Oh, you're the, talking about uh, the guy that plays uh, Dean, the tall one. Yes. Gosh, I can't. Uh, I don't watch the show. So I couldn't tell you. I, I, I watch uh, no, the show. No, 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 not Dean. Sam. Sam, yes, Sam. Jared uh, Padalecki. Yes, yeah. Jared, pa- you know Jared, Jared Padalecki. Pa- perfect. I think he would I think he would make a good Morbius. Yeah. And he's got the physique. For, he, he's got, he is built. Like, um, mm-hmm. like he lifts. And uh, most of the time, you know, he's always wearing shirts and stuff. Every now and then he goes shirtless on the show. And you're like. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, so yeah, Jared Padalecki. Yeah. yeah, but no, I could see the other guy too. I could see the other guy, but Jared is the one that I actually had the had the thought of. Okay. Yeah, I, I actually, actually, I like I like uh, Jared well, for for that for that role. I'm gonna say it is time for picks of the week. Picks of the week. Even though picks of the week. Even though technically we can't do comic book shop song anymore, which I wish we could. I just. Ever, want. ever? Even though they gave us permission, I'm I'm afraid to deal with their distributors and their record company. Maybe they wouldn't even care. I, I'll, I'll pursue it a little bit more because I, I definitely don't want episodes thrown off because we got permission and they came back and said, uh, yeah, no. Or YouTube or whoever is going, uh, you don't have that permission. You know, that's copyright. You can't do it. But, yeah, that's what I say. Yeah, that's what I say. We just call this the raspberry issue. There we go. But we can do this. It is time for... 
picks of the week. There you go. <laughs> um, I'm going to start us off because I've also got the MU pick. Uh, I'm going to go with Captain America number one. It's by okay. Ten- Tanisha Coates, uh, Linnell Francis Yu, and Alex Ross. It is winter in America. For over 70 years, he has stood in stalwart defense of our country and its people. But in the aftermath of Hydra's takeover of the nation, Captain America is a figure of controversy. Carrying a tarnished shield and a new enemy is rising. Who are the power elite and how do they tend to co-opt and corrupt the symbol that is Captain America? So, this looks like they're slowly trying to bring Cap back. And they got Tanahisi Coates writing this? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh wow. Okay. Uh there I think there's some hope here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This, this, this is one. Um I'll pick the books, but I'll be I'll be picking up the trade paperbacks mm-hmm. on this one. Yeah, for sure. So uh Eric, your first pick of the week. Okay, my first pick of the week is Ghost Cosmic Ghost Rider number one of five by Donnie Coates, Dylan Burnett, and Jeff Shaw. Exploding from the pages of Thanos, Frey Castle was the Punisher. A deal with the Devil made him Ghost Rider. A deal with Galactus made him Cosmic. A deal with Thanos made him dead? (laughs) Not to worry, he's coming back and he's got a plan to make the universe a better place that's going to lead him into an even crazier adventure than he's ever been in. Join hot new comic writer Donny Cates uh, from Thanos and Doctor Strange fame as he pushes his wildest creation past the breaking point. Okay, Kylan, first pick, if you can. My first pick of the week is Generations Trade Paperback. Um, and, uh, so it doesn't give me all the writers on this, but there's a, there's a lot to this book. Whoa. Okay. Celebrate Marvel's legacy as its modern day stars join forces with the icons who inspired them. Sam Wilson, Miles Morales, Kate Bishop, Laura Kinney, Kamala Khan, Amadeus Cho, Riri Williams, Jane Foster, and Young G. Gray witnessed their own inspirations in their prime. Steve Rogers, Peter Parker, Clint Barton, Logan, Carol Danvers, Bruce Banner, Tony Stark, Odinson, and Phoenix. Plus, Carol teams up with a man she thought she'd never see again, Marvell. Explore the nature of heroism with Marvel's biggest names. Collecting Generations Banner, uh, Banner Hulk, and Totally Awesome Hulk, Captain Marvel and Captain Marvell. Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel, Hawkeye and Hawkeye, Iron Man and Ironheart, Miles Morales, Spider-Man and Peter Parker, Spider-Man, Phoenix and Jean Grey, Sam Wilson, Captain America, and Steve Rogers, Captain America, Unworthy Thor and Mighty Thor, and Wolverine and All-New Wolverine. Okay. Well, my second pick is I'm kind of digging this series and what they're doing with it. Um, it's Marvel Rising. Uh, it's the Squirrel Girl Miss Marvel issue, number one. Uh, it's Devin Grayson, Irene Strochelas, and Gary Huru. Double the adventure, double the danger, double the fun. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl author Ryan North and Miss Marvel writer G. Willow Wilson join Marvel Rising mastermind Devin Grayson in an all-star escapade. Gamer girl Ember Quaid has a secret, a power that lets her bring video games to life. But when her creations attract the attention of superheroes, Squirrel Girl Miss Marvel, 
the stakes take or hit a whole new level. Just what is Ember after? And can Squirrel Girl and Miss Marvel prevent the pixelated projects from wrecking epic destruction? The next generation of heroes take the universe by storm in the third installment of Marvel Rising. So, Eric, your second pick. My number two pick is Deadpool number two by Scotty Young and Nick Klein. Cosmic Calamity! A strange and powerful being from outer space is coming to destroy Earth. But why? Who cares? Deadpool is totally going to murk it dead. Take that, space nerd. Um, That's the right thing to do, right? And uh, Wade can do it, right? And there totally won't be any repercussions, right? Right? I, uh, I've got a lot riding on this. <laughs> I'll be honest. Half of the reason that I picked Deadpool when I picked Deadpool is for the text. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. So, Colin, your second pick. My second pick is one that I've been waiting months for. It, it Well, actually, years for. But when I found out this was actually a thing, months. So, Punisher trade paperback Shadow Masters. In his relentless war on crime, the Punisher doesn't have many allies. But those he can rely on include the Shadow Masters. They're the latest in a long line of ninjas who have served as the protectors of Japan's Iga province for centuries. In the wake of World War II, U.S. Army Captain James Richards and Shadow Master Shigeru Izaki forge a friendship in battle. Years later, Izaki has trained the two men's, chi- the two men's children, Philip, Sojin, and Yuriko, in the ways of the ninja. Together, they must face the reborn menace of the Sunrise Society, which brings them into the murky world of the Punisher. Along with the Black Widow, can they fend off armored Sunrise assassins, or will the eternal evil plague Frank Castle, or will the eternal evil plague Frank Castle and the Shadow Masters once again? This is collecting Shadow Masters one through five. Punisher War Journal numbers 1 through 3 and 8 through 9 and Punisher number 24 and 25. Okay. Well, final pick is by Karen Gillian, Salvador LaRocca, and David Marquez. And, of course, this one brings us the variant cover of The Emperor, and it's Star Wars number 50. In this issue, Hope dies. Wait, who's Hope? I, I don't remember I hope, hope. I, I don't remember Hope in this series. Anyway, uh, the Rebel fleet is completed. It's magnificent. It's beautiful. It's secret. But no secret is kept long from Darth Vader. The most epic story yet done in Star Wars comics begins begins here prepared to witness the empire truly strike back ah. so yep so eric final pick my number three pick is dr strange number three you see what i've been doing there yep. by mark wade and jesus saiz infinity wars ignites infinity countdown tie-in when earth's magic dried up for him dr strange took to the stars he expected to find alien sorcerers and magical artifacts not one of the infinity stones the super Girl has the time stone, and Doctor Strange can't let him keep it. Okay. Kyle, on your final pick. My final pick is Rogue and Gambit trade paperback Ring of Fire. Uh, everybody's favorite ex-couple and most recently married couple is reunited. And boy, are they not happy about that. So this is definitely before the wedding. Um, when, <laughs> Kitty Pryde, when Kitty Pride sends Rogue and Gambit on an undercover mission to find a group of kidnapped mutants, what they discover will shock them. But will it also bring them closer together? 
Caught in the grasp of lavish, Rogue and Gambit must face a battle royale against each other. When saving the day means letting go of everything you just fell in love with all over again, can they bring themselves to do what must be done? Prepare for making out, memory loss, power swapping, witty banner, emotional manipulation, monologuing bad big bads, and doppelganger golem clones and all of it in a high stake adventure high stakes adventure caper that only the two hottest x-men can deliver this is collecting rogan gambit numbers one through five okay well i've got the mu pick for the week and i've i've gone with eric's suggestion mm-hmm Amazing Spider-Man issue 101, first appearance of Mor- Morbius. Uh, and I'm just going to leave it with this. The solicit synopsis was Spidey, an outcast with six arms, and he needs them all when he meets the vampire thing called Morbius, like wild. Uh, and some some notes on this. Peter grimly jokes that he's getting a phone call from Ed Sullivan to perform on his show. He also states he's the next David Fry, and that he's glad to he's been... Uh, and that he's glad he's packed his Spiro Agnew wristwatch. These should all be considered topical references per the sliding timescale of Earth 616. So that's my pick. Okie dokie. So as we bring it to a close, uh, any final thoughts, memories, comments? No. I'm thinking they should let us do the casting for Marvel movies from now on. I'm just saying. Yeah. I, 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 I'm i good with that. Non-Marvel Studios Marvel films. I, I agree with that, too. We, we cannot. I don't think we could top what Marvel Studios does in terms of casting. No, but let us handle it. I think we can do pretty well. I, can, I think we could do equal to, to Sony. I think we could do better than Fox. Just saying. I, I say let us handle the, the Fox MCU properties. Unless they're just no longer going to be Fox and it's going to be all coming over to the MCU. But even still, let us cast those properties. Because mm-hmm. I got this brilliant one for for Professor X. Really? Yeah, it's a guy who's never done it before. Patrick Stewart. Hmm. Just saying. <laughs> oh, wait. Never mind. He has done it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what about David Jones? Or not David Jones, Doug Jones. Ooh. <sighs> Well, as, as we're thinking about that, let's go here. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope, just time to go dark. So I'm going to throw that final one out there. Professor X. Fan casting. Uh, you do yeah. realize we're never going to get better than Patrick Stewart. I know. I know. We're not how going about, to. It's not going to happen. How about Bob Newhart for uh, Professor X? No. <laughs> Where are you coming from? <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like it, though. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. Dick Van Dyke? Like it, I, I mean, I can hear him now. Like, uh, uh, Logan, I don't. I mean, are you sure that that's the best way to go? I mean, maybe people don't like getting cut, you know? Dick Van Dyke, maybe? (laughs) Dick Van Dyke would be Magneto. Bob Newhart's Wolverine. (laughs) 